Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5, with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. On today's episode, we have a return guest, Dr. Crystal Frazzi, who we have invited back to talk about how to burnout-proof your holidays. So today we're discussing what to do if you're already burned out going into the holiday season and how to assess and protect your own capacity and boundaries, especially if you are the main person who's bringing the magic this holiday season. We also highly recommend you check out our previous very popular episode with Crystal called Burnout Recovery and Recharging Your Body Battery. A little bit more about Crystal before we get started. So Dr. Crystal Frazzi is a leadership and women's health coach specializing in burnout recovery for high-achieving women. She teaches her somatic attunement method to professional women ready to end overworking, overwhelm, people-pleasing, and stress-related illness. So on today's episode, it's going to be all about holidays, and let's get into it. I feel like I need this episode for myself. I'm I was so just going <laughs> to I was going to say when we started talking this morning Christina was like, "Do you ever feel like everything is just too much?" <laughs> Which actually is like a perfect way to begin this episode. So, Christina, do you want to start it off cuz you you're in it. <laughs> I'm in the weeds, man. I don't even know what I'm in the weeds about. I think it's just general life and living. Like, I, I look, I, I honestly think. Yeah. And now we're going to the holidays. Like, I literally turned to Casey the other day and told him that I didn't even want to go home for Thanksgiving. And I said that my friend, another, like, now I, this episode is not about moms, like, in particular. So for anyone listening, like, it's not just about that. But there is a very unique mom experience with burnout that, like, it is nice that I feel like I have my friends that I can talk to about it. And I admitted to one of my really close girlfriends that I said, I don't even want to go home for Thanksgiving. And I love my family and I want to see them. And I literally broke down like a small child in our kitchen to Casey the other more like the other afternoon about how I didn't want to go home because I didn't want to smack a smile on my face and I wanted him to take the kids down there and for me to be left alone like that's literally what I described to him and my girlfriend said oh my god I did the exact same thing I'm literally crying in my basement (laughs) right this moment no and I was like we sound so sad and like But I think it's like, there's like, I don't know, there's something about the holidays where it's like, we, Dana and I were talking about this too, when you're responsible for bringing the magic to the holidays too, and like, managing everyone getting where they are. And like, I, Casey's awesome with that kind of stuff. Like, he turned to me the other morning, he goes, how many tabs do we have open, Christina? I was like, I have like 50,000 tabs open. Like, I am like all over the place and he goes let's run through your tabs and I'm going to grab some of the tabs and take them off your off your plate um it would be nice if I didn't have to have those conversations every time but (laughs) but that's a whole nother thing that we're working on but I feel like 
I've rambled on about my own life now. And the truth is we have Crystal Frazzi on again, again, to talk about burnout because and specifically burnout around the holidays, because I don't know, maybe it's something about this year in particular that we're now like on the other side of the pandemic where it feels like a little bit more back to normal, but it's not back to normal entirely. But there is something happening right now, and I feel like I'm going into the holidays feeling already kind of burned out and overwhelmed. And I'm like, well, now what do we do? Like, I can't burn out proof my holidays at this point. Like, the jig is up. Like, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going in the way that I am. And so we're really excited to have you on to talk about what do you do if you're already like, I can't do the things and now we're adding on more of the things onto the things that I can't already do. Exactly. I think so many of us can resonate and at least to some extent in some area of our lives, whether it's feeling like we're wrapping up our work agenda so we can enjoy the holidays or planning the things that go into the holidays. It's a lot. And if we just go back to what you said, like I'm in the weeds and I don't even know why I feel so in the weeds. That is not, not you, not to single you out, Christina, but I think that collectively, if we just take a second and all of us that feel that way, you know, just acknowledging that so many of us that identify as women, when you're born, you're identified as a girl and and raised that way, that there is this downfall of overestimating what we can do and underestimating our need for rest, recovery, processing time to really absorb everything that's going on, time to actually stop and celebrate what we've already accomplished and, and just taking a minute that, you know, okay, I already feel in the weeds. Why is that? That's a sign that to some extent, your demands are already exceeding your resources. You're already kind of past your capacity, right? And so to think about the holidays from that point can absolutely be overwhelming. And it's a real sign. So if we just take a second, if I can be so bold to ask you to like play along with me for a <laughs> second, Christina, what do you uh, feel yeah, in your I'm body? I'm really excited about the free therapy that I'm about to, <laughs> to share with everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in your body? So your brain freaks out and says, oh, I don't know how much more I can take on. I'm already in the weeds. But what is your body feeling when you say that? Oh, man. I don't know. I think it feels different things at different times. You know, like yeah. Dana and I talk have like started defining these things called our archetypes. And like one of them that we've discussed is functionally dysregulated. And I think that I like totally live that life right now. This season of my life, I totally relate to that archetype. I think I feel in my body sometimes just like a complete shutdown when I say that. Like, I don't know what else to really do. And all I want to do is just like curl up in a ball in bed and just go to sleep. Um, and then other times it's like I feel like this jolt of energy when I when I feel that too. Like, oh, shit, I got to get the things done. And if mm -hmm. I just like take some of these, th if I can get some of these to do's done, then I can like like, okay, there's less on my plate and then I can relax a little bit. So I definitely feel like there's like this combination of complete freeze and then this other part of me that's like, just keep pushing. Sure. <laughs> and get through and like, yeah. so there's a little bit of that energy at the same time. Right. 
So if we just I love break- online shopping, you know, that's another oh, yeah. thing totally. that my body does. I love building. My body really does. Great- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's something my body does. I don't have control over it. I just like, you know, make really intricate Amazon lists. <laughs> yes. Instant I don't dopamine. I buy everything, but I just do instant dopamine of like, one day I'll buy this. Yeah. Amazon lists. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, what I think I'm hearing and tell me if I'm wrong, but there's a sense of fear. There's something that like precedes the wanting to shut down. And if you start to notice that, for example, in your body, then it could be signs throughout your day. Like you start to feel that feeling, then you get to actually choose like, oh, do I, do I want to push through this or do I want to listen? But you know, the body wisdom, it's just so important. And we'll get into why that matters as you're dealing with burnout and adding more on your plate. But, you know, there's some signal there. And what you're describing is your nervous system wanting to go into a free state. It's responding to the stress. And then that like, oh, I'm I'm energized. I've got some juice. Let's use it is actually probably just adrenaline. And so many of us are conditioned Literally, like I can wake up at 4 a.m., draw the covers off, jump out of bed and get to work. And that's adrenaline. And, you know, we're so adrenalized. We're so like used to that, but it's not necessarily how we're going to flourish and how we can get through the holidays without actually causing other issues for ourselves. If I kind of just share something about myself around the holidays, because for listeners who haven't listened to the other episode that I've been on with Christina and Dana, I've had my own burnout experience and, you know, I have my own habits that are still something that I have to manage. You know, my superpower is actually getting things done. And even when I feel like I'm behind, I still have this drive to like keep getting things done, but, but actually to my own detriment. And, you know, a lot of people talk about the importance of not comparing yourself to others when you're scrolling on social media or or whoever it is in your life, not saying, well, they can do it. So I should be able to do it. And I agree with that. But I also just want to shout out to those overachievers like myself, that really is changing the narrative about what I should be able to do. It's really not about other people for me. It's about my own self-narrative and self-perspective about what I should be able to do and letting that evolve because I don't know, like letting go of the whole, I'm not doing enough idea has been like the hardest journey and growth for me. And I'm in my mid forties, you know, that has been just liberating in so many ways. And I think, you know, if I, if I really ask myself, is there too much that I can get done? There really is no end. I'm so good. I can add more. I can add more expectations and things I can do for myself and things I can do for others. There's no end to that, but there definitely is like a hard stop on my threshold to tolerate what I'm not getting done. Does that make sense? So on one end, like how much you can do like, Ooh, I get really uncomfortable if I'm not doing enough, but if I'm doing a lot and keep pushing myself, there's no stop. And so, you know, just for the overachievers, you're more 10, you're more prone to burnout. 
that these qualities might be a part of how you got into this place if you're resonating with burnout. And there's a lot of other what? reasons too. <laughs> you, what don't you dare? <laughs> it's me. It's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> oh, I love that song. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned family. I mean, that's also so important, especially um, lineage, you know, of who your influencers were when you're growing up. You know, I came from a lineage of women who created stuff out of nothing, you know, living in poverty, single moms, raising huge families. And that's all I've seen is women making it happen, getting stuff done. And also not listening to their bodies, you know, to their own detriment. And so that's like, not something I'm thinking about, but it is the modeling that I've had. So as we think about holidays, that is a piece of anticipating, you know, what's expected of me as we go into the holidays. When, if you are someone who has their own business, this is also extremely hard because if you don't work, you're not making money. And especially if you're like us three and you're in a, a service-based business where it's like you're paid for the services that you deliver and the sessions that you have with clients and everything like that. And unless you have, like the hustle culture would say, multiple side hustles, then when you're not working, you're not getting paid. And so then when you are not actively having client sessions – it feels like, well, I should be doing all of these things. And then Christina, I imagine you feel also like, okay, well, if I'm not doing client sessions, I have to be doing all these things for my kids or like I have to do this for my family or I have to do this for my house. And one of the things that Christina likes to do to decompress is to repaint her house or wallpaper her walls or to like redo the bathroom or any of these other things. But it, I, it's interesting because I was talking to a client about this the other day who also has their own business and they were talking about how like, when you're self-employed and no matter what your kind of field is, it almost always feels like you're either in boredom or burnout. It's always feast or famine. It's rare that you're in one of those seasons where it's like, wow, you know, like I have enough work, but it's not too much. And I don't feel like I have to work until one o'clock in the morning and, you know, all of this other stuff. And it's hard because when you own your own business and it's just you, it's so easy to feel like, well, I just need to be doing more and more and more so I can continue to grow my business, especially when you're in like an economic shit show like we're living through right now. Because it's like, well, yes. I got I got to make ends meet somehow. But it's interesting because you can that you can feel, I imagine, a similar type of way when you're going into the holidays, even if you don't have your own you know, business or anything like that, because it feels like, like Christina was alluding to before, if you're the person or one of the primary people who is responsible for bringing the magic, whether it's for your partner or your kids or your family or whatever it is, you then have to add that on top of all of the other stuff that you're already dealing with. And it can feel like a massive or it could feel like a massive failure if you're not able to put up the Christmas tree and do all the decorations and make the Christmas cookies and do the gingerbread houses and like do all of the different things and really logically we can be like okay well it's not going to be the end of the world if I don't do every single thing on my holiday productivity checklist to make the magic happen but 
it can feel like there's this kind of internal process of like guilt or I should be doing more or I should be doing this or I should be spending more and you know finances is a whole additional stress that can contribute to further burnout throughout the holidays but it's really just like a it's a big cluster all of it is a big cluster (laughs) it's a lot I mean everything you're talking about I'm feeling stressed listening to like the list of all of that right and but it's all true And I think it's one thing to like be in the moment and experiencing the stress. And it's so helpful to just name, like you just did, all the roles that you have in your daily life and that you're anticipating coming up. Like when I think about the traditional expectations of a woman, I think of going into the holidays that they are an event planner, you know, the perfect Martha Stewart, whoever the reference is, host you know, they're a gourmet chef, they're a professional photographer, they're an expert shopper, you know, the gifts are wrapped like perfectly. Now, I'm not saying I agree with any of these things, but it's just kind of like that traditional idea. I think it stems from like the 1950s housewife where the economy was set up so that we could survive on single incomes Men could work, women could stay home, women did take on all these roles, but that's not where we are now. Like we are in dual earning, you know, most families need to have two earners to make ends meet. And I don't have a wife at home. Let's just put it that way. So (laughs) if we we list out those roles, some of those roles, if I list them out like that, I do feel pressure for, I do buy my children an outfit for Christmas and take their picture in front of the tree every year, right? If I list out the roles, some of them kind of make me cringe and go, oh, I don't want to do that. And so that helps me like prioritize what's bringing me joy. What do I really care about? Is it is it having a perfect spread on the table? Is it having capturing pictures that we can look back at and cherish? Is it, you know, playing games together? Is it gifts? Like, what is the thing that makes me happy? And I think that's a starting point. I mean, that it's just a starting point to bring that awareness. It's like, oh, no wonder, no wonder I feel kind of worked up and a little overwhelmed and tired, even just thinking about it. Yeah, I think you've already kind of started to to go into this with the way that you're describing kind of taking inventory of the things that you actually want to participate in and the things that you're kind of feeling cringy about. I think I'd be curious, like, okay, so we're going into the holidays and I feel like there are some things that for sure I am like really excited about and want to do like the pictures and having the kids together and the magic for Elodie. Like I was joking around with um, Dana, I think the other day where I said, I'm literally online looking up like cute flannel Christmas sheets for her. And I'm like, why am I online looking up cute Christmas sheets? But I was like, but that's part of like the fun and the magic for me. Like she's so excited. She's five years old. This is like the heart of Christmas for her right now and so I'm like all right Christina bring in the magic like let's do this and I think also too like 
so I'm already go in, going in feeling overwhelmed by other life things. And I think it'd be really interesting for you to share a little bit about how do you kind of manage your capacity when you're going in kind of like already a little overwhelmed by other things. And then, yeah, how do you kind of do that? But at the same time, not just say, screw it all. I'm not doing anything where everyone's getting brown paper bags. <laughs> Yeah. For, for Christmas yeah. morning and right. like fine you know what like the stockings aren't going up and things aren't happening and we're not having any dinner and like this is what we're doing and like how do you not do like there has to be some kind of an in-between mm-hmm. because yeah. you don't want to like next thing you know you're like labeled as the Grinch where someone else right. could step up right like that's right. a possibility right right but absolutely um, but but I'd love to hear what you have to say if like it is a special time for you and you do want to get involved, but you're also like, oh man, how do I, how do I do this without just like digging a really deep hole Mm -hmm. for myself? Now, I know you've talked about this probably on like 20 of your episodes, but let me be a geek for just a second and just mention that stress and ongoing stress it has a physiologic impact on our bodies and to like, just make it really simple. It affects your immune system. It affects your endocrine system, your nervous system and lots of other things, but ongoing prolonged stress can have a negative impact. Burnout can have a negative impact. It can cause damage to your systems and studies show that it takes an average of two years to recover from actual burnout. And so it really, I mean, It is, we are kind of making light of a lot of these issues, but I just want to take a second to say that this actually like, it's a real issue. And the way that we can recover stress from any stressful ongoing event that listeners could be facing is to let our bodies recover. And if we apply that to the holidays, then the best tool that I found for myself in my, um, you know, executive, high achieving, high capacity clients is to use our calendar as like a buffer system and to really make sure that we're not breaking our own rules, that we have some internal boundaries around allowing time blocks. So, you know, that's an individual thing. How do you, you know, de-stress? That's another topic, but It has to be in there. And so if right now, before we even get to the holiday, you know, you're feeling like you are already kind of, you know, I'm pointing to my forehead, like up to here with feeling stressed, then, you know, after work, there needs to be some wind down before bed. You need more time to wind down so you can actually get adequate sleep. If you have a meeting, you need a buffer before the next thing. And it really is being like cutthroat to allow yourself to do that. And looking at holidays, that means, you know, if I'm going to go to a family event, then I have whatever I need to recover and repair from the stress that might bring me from the exertion of that. Um, you know, it's just looking at where can I go ahead and protect this space for myself and, and then sticking to it, which is hard. And if you know, you need time in nature or exercise or more sleep or knowing what it is about yourself that helps you to recover from stress, it's, it's baking it in, looking at it right now, 
and, you know, not letting that pass at all. So, I mean, that's just one kind of starting point, but the internal boundaries are so important that we're holding ourselves accountable for how we're participating in our own ongoing burnout. Yeah. Going farther on the boundaries point, um, one thing that Christina and I have been talking about recently that may come up this holiday season or like most likely will come up this holiday season is that, you know, a couple years ago when the world was on fire in a different way than it is now, um, setting boundaries may have felt a little bit easier because there was kind of this built-in buffer of like, there's literally a global shit show going on right now. Like, we don't want to be with a whole bunch of people that we haven't been with because they're not in our bubble and everyone's sick and all these things, right? So it was easier to, without disappointing anyone as much, to be like, oh yeah, you know, we're just going to stay home with our little like nuclear unit or with our pod or whatever it was. And we probably didn't have to give an answer to, are we going to go to all these holiday events? Are we going to go here with family? Are we going to go here with family? Whereas now it may feel like for a lot of people that, not only setting those boundaries or attempting to set those boundaries, but then sticking to those boundaries can feel harder um, because there's not as much of a kind of built-in excuse other than being extremely burnt out. But not everybody understands that, (laughs) right? So what would you say if people are really having trouble sticking to or setting those external boundaries? If you're already stretched to the limit and then, you know, your best friend or, you know, whatever is like, oh, you should also come to this thing. And you're internally screaming, but you're like, I don't want to feel like an asshole if I say no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds a little probably more simple than it actually is. But really, we have to ask ourselves why internally before we answer externally yes or no to someone else. So, you know, someone asks for me to show up at an event and I have to be able to stop and ask myself, do I want to do it? If I say yes, why am I, excuse me, why am I saying yes? And then just really being honest with ourselves. And that's really the first step, right? Am I feeling obligated? And sometimes we're going to do that. Like not bad people, if that's why we're doing something, but just be honest with yourself and listen to your body's response. Because if inside, like you said, your body's screaming, your body's saying no, but your mouth is saying yes, you're violating your own well-being. You're violating your own, you know, sense of ownership of your body. And, you know, that's that's something that would be an opportunity <laughs> to work on that. You know, and so asking like, why would I do this? And then when it comes to actually communicating, I I am actually working on this with my eight and five-year-old girls. And, you know, how do you communicate your no? And does it need to be padded with the reason? And do we, does it need to include an apology? And since they're five and eight, and they haven't been in the real world to really practice this too much, I get to teach them from scratch. And what I've decided to tell them is no, it doesn't. So if someone says, can you, are you going to be at the, you know, we've got a friend's Thanksgiving event coming up. I do. Um, And, you know, are you going to be there? And 
if I wasn't, you know, I could just say, I wish I could come, but I can't. I look forward to catching the next gathering. And so I'm not giving the reason and I'm not giving an apology and it just stops the conversation. And then I'm staying like in autonomy to myself because I'm not a bad person because I can't go. I'm not, I'm still worthy and whole and super awesome, even though I can't maybe attend something or, you know, contribute in some way. But when we go into the, well, you know, I wish I could, but such and such is happening and such and such is happening. And I'm really sorry. And all of that, we're kind of like, I don't know, we're compromising our own integrity. It's as if we're not in control of our own lives, but we wish we could be. And listeners, you are, you're fully whole and worthy and you are in control and you get to say yes and no without, without the burden that comes with it for women, because my partner or, you know, another, another man in my circle, you know, if he was to say, no, I can't come, that's it, you know? So I don't know. I think that's something to try on. No, I really, I really like that idea that the way that you're modeling that for your kids too. I once heard this um, interview with one of the Olsen sisters where their parents taught them, there was like a whole interview where they said no is a full sentence. And we were taught that at a very young age, like, nope, not for me. Thanks. And I, I remember thinking to myself, man, if every little girl is taught that no is a full sentence, how amazing that would be. Because I, I do think about the internal narrative that happens after the fact, especially when you're constantly worried about how other people are going to perceive you when you're saying no, when you're setting boundaries and things like that. I think that's what makes it so hard to to honor that buffer that you're talking about in your own calendar and doing that because we're so used to a you know, appeasing others and doing what, you know, a good person would do and taking on more of all of that. And I think that can be really, really difficult if you've never done that before. And I, I have thought before, and I've seen this like posted online one time too, where people think like saying, no, you sound like such an asshole. Like, like I've never been meaner than I have by saying no. And it's like really like, like you said, like people say no all the time to stuff. Like, why is that so hard for me? And I think that's like a really important thing that is part of this whole thing. And I'm starting to get a lot better about saying no, just even being able to like, I know we were laughing about it, but even just going to my husband, my partner and saying like, I don't even want to go. And him looking at me and saying, I see you, like you're in it. Like we need to like pick you up, Christina, like you need help here. Like, And then he literally, he followed back up with me two days later and he said, is this something you really want to entertain? Do you really not want to go to your family's house for Thanksgiving? Because if it is something that you don't want to do, let's talk about it. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. Even though I like, to me, it looked like I, and I felt like I was coming to him unhinged, you know, like, like, ah, like losing it. But it was really nice having that validated for me. And then saying like, no, that's a possibility. Like we could say no, if you don't want to, like you could hang back, you know, I could take the girls and like having that option is, was really wonderful. And so I'm wondering too, 
maybe we haven't practiced setting buffers before or saying no and we're looking at our December calendar we're opening it up and we're looking at from Thanksgiving to like well now people are listening to it it's like the first week we're leading into the first week of 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 December and we have Hanukkah we have all of these things coming down the New pipeline. Year's New Year's everything and people are looking at their calendar and they're looking at it and they're like oh shit there's no buffers here at all. Is there a way that you recommend how someone can step back a little bit? What can they do to say no if anything is optional? Can they ask for additional support? Like, what are some of the tactics like for those strategies throughout the holidays? If you're looking at your calendar and you're like, all right, we got the school fair on this day for the holiday presentation for one kid at this at their school then I got the preschool thing over here then I got my or like I have five different friend groups friendsgivings going on um and you're looking at it you're like this math ain't mathin you know <laughs> you're like, yeah. there's not enough like the math's not mathin there's not enough time to do all of right. these things and then you're starting to run through like and I have to get gifts for all of these different events and like all the things that are going on Let's say you've overcommitted it. Overcommitted. Plot twist, have less friends. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding, kidding. Now what do we do? Yeah. (laughs) Now what do we do? What do we do when we're looking at it? We're like, this is, this math is not mathing and there's not enough time to do all the things. Right. I mean, the holiday struggles are, you know, I think the hardest thing is to stop, listen to ourselves, listen to our bodies, listen to our why and, you know, pause, take a break, back off. And the result is it, you know, it translates into an overpacked schedule, an extended gift list, and tons of errands and traveling and and no recovery. So that is more common than the opposite, for sure. You know, especially for, you know, uh, those of us in the United States, I think that that's probably you know more more culturally common. But I just want to take a second and. And just kind of say, you know, self-care is, you know, this sort of ridiculous term, the way that it's it's gotten framed. But to me, self-care really in this circumstance is to take those moments when you anticipate having to say no or you feel like something may be stretching you too thin and you're considering not doing it. And it brings up this whole story of my value and what are they going to think of me? And I'm starting to ruminate about it. And I've got all this anxiety and stress and and however that's presenting when you think about a specific thing that you're going to take off your calendar, that's a moment of self-care. That means tending to that emotion, that sensation in your body. So taking your hand and putting it on the place where you're feeling tightness or restriction or whatever that sensation is and being with it. And just like you said, your spouse was doing, which go Casey, go, validating (laughs) validating it and being like, I see you, this, this is real, this is happening and it's allowed, this is human. And then just being with it. And I think that alone is a significant shift for a lot of listeners. So it may not be that your step is actually to take action to remove things that may be too advanced for you right now, but being with yourself in that moment and recognizing that you're feeling that way and that this is happening, that is a huge step one. And then after that, you know, I just want to say, 
you know, like beginning with the end in mind. So as I think of my Thanksgiving, I'm thinking of how I want to feel on Monday when I go back to work after the holiday, because I can tell you we went to Disney in August and I didn't do this. And I had like six loads of laundry, suitcases all over my house and an incredible amount of like unraveling that trip that took a long time. And I was exhausted because my schedule on Monday was like full tilt. So because I had a week off before that. Right. And so that was a real learning experience for me. So beginning with the end in mind, your how you want to feel in the end of it. I think can be really helpful. You know, do you want to feel scattered and overwhelmed and depleted and exhausted, but still look back and go, wow, that was fun. And if that's okay with you, then go for it. You know, and if you don't, if you want to feel like, you know, you've spent your time and energy, you had a delightful holiday and you have the energy and focus to get up and get going on Monday and enjoy the week after Thanksgiving, then that perspective may help you just start to like envision how this plays out because we're talking about lifelong habits, any kind of change that someone implements, whether it's just to put your trash can on the other side of the driveway, like it doesn't have to be small, but that took energy and that can be stressful. Change can be stressful. And when we're not ready for that, because change can cause stress, even a positive change, buying a new house, terribly stressful, right? Then it helps to envision ourselves on the other side. How would we benefit? Why does it matter? And that's just like psychology and change, change behavior science here is like, tell yourself the story and think about your past holidays, your past events and how it's gone and how you want it to be different. And then kind of reverse engineer from there, starting with what feels the easiest. So it may be that showing up to Aunt Susan's house is the thing you kind of really don't want to do, but that's the thing that makes you start to hyperventilate when you think about saying no. That may not be what you do. That may not be the place where you carve out space. Start with what you're like, I, I can do that. I can create space here. I can bring one side dish, not two. I can, you know, like take back the ways where your body is like, yeah, this isn't stressful. I can do it because success breeds success. And that's how you get better at this reclaiming and embodying yourself and listening to your own no and then communicating it because it, when it feels like it's so threatening, all your alarms are going off. It's really hard to say no. So like just being aware of what kind of pressure we're putting on ourselves here. And then there's one more thing that I, that I would just want to go back to with what you said, um, Christina, I noticed this first in myself. Then I noticed it in my clients and, you know, whether it's, I don't know that the blankets falls into the category. I don't think it does the flannel blanket for your daughter, but you know, <laughs> definitely the ways where we think that we can help, you know, we can show up, we can contribute, we can take part of the load from others. There's a thing that I notice in women where I call it the tingle to help 
effect. <laughs> and it's like, I, I get this. I still get this. Somebody would be like, gosh, if I just knew someone that could help me with such and such. And inside I'm like, I can't, I can't, I'm an expert in that. I could totally help you with that. Right. And I get all like, and it's like a tingle. I'm getting endorphins from the possibility of like being a problem solver for somebody else. We're talking about archetypes, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> and 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 then it's almost irresistible. It's an irresistible moment to contain that and not say, <laughs> me, 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 I'll help, I'll help, I'll do it. And then I create, you know, a cluster of my own calendar because I keep adding things myself that never should have been there. And so, oh my yeah, God. just if I had a dollar, <laughs> I totally have this effect 1000%. I'll tell you yeah. a really great story. I had just had Noah. So it was maybe like three months postpartum or something with Noah. And someone in my mom group posted about how they were looking for someone. It was the summer. They were looking for someone to hire to power wash their back patio. And I love a good power wash. I love the beforeing after of it. Like I was super excited. And I commented and said, you don't need to hire anyone. I'll do it. Like a lunatic, <laughs> like a total lunatic. Uh -huh. I was offering to take on someone else's yard work that for I free. certainly did for free, that I certainly did not have the time, the need or anything like why in God's name. But it's totally that effect of like, oh, my God, I love doing that. I'll yeah, do it's that overwhelming. Like my friends that they wanted to paint their place, I go, I love painting. I'll come right over and I'll paint your whole house. I'm like, I'm not going to paint your whole house. Like, what the hell am I doing? Hire somebody. Like, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I I have yeah. this effect. I do this exact thing. And now yep. I know. And now I'm going to take back and say, all right, I'm going to twinkle all over my own home and myself and not right. all over everybody else. <laughs> right. This right. sounds like a you first. problem, not a me problem. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and it really is if like only you loved power washing as much as I do. You'd be super yes. pumped to go out there and do it. <laughs> it's so satisfying, right? It's repetitive. Yeah, you're oh moving your body. Power washing's amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, especially it's it's like this problem solving. I don't know. Let's just use the word addiction. It's not an addiction, but that is like sprinkling neuro neurotransmitters, like these chemicals on your brain that feel good. And so in that moment, you could be like. Ooh, I'm going to take up this feel good feeling, but I'm not going to act on it. And just like if you had an addiction and you wanted to do the thing that you're addicted to and you didn't, there's some discomfort on the other end of that. Like that's like not raising your hand and commenting about power washing. <laughs> then we need the self-care. We've got to deal with our own nervous systems and respond to it in some very simple way. Maybe we just hum to ourselves Maybe we take a few mindful sips of water. Maybe we go get, you know, a bite of chocolate, whatever it is. We just allow what we need in that moment instead of fulfilling the need of somebody else. And again, like it sounds so small, but this is monumental when we're talking about habits that, you know, really can contribute to burnout patterns. So I hope that, you know, the listeners can know, resonate in some way with that. And then you asked about like, how do we, 
how do we say no and how do we get more support? So in the beginning, we were saying, you know, what if you listed out your roles, you know, not just your to-do list, it's like the hierarchy of your to-do list. So you have your role and then you have the items underneath that role, right? And so let's say you have 20 roles and you have 100 to-do to-do items spread out within them, right? So you can just start to ask yourself, does this feel that it's equitable? Now, this is if you're in a shared relationship, you know, there's the physical actual load of spending time doing things. And then there's the emotional mental load of anticipating, you know, person A and person B sitting together at the table is not going to go well. So we've got to mitigate that. And somebody doesn't like this casserole, so we need a second side dish. And then we've got, you know, the gifts. You know, we know Aunt Edna, she's going to say something about the present. And so we got to do it this way, right? That's all an emotional burden that women tend to carry, all the fact finding. And that needs to be on the list. And when you think about the list that your partner has, does it feel equitable? And if it doesn't, Again, you're you're just coming to the table stating facts. I don't feel like our lists are equitable. I feel like I have a lot more that I am doing. I'm wondering if we can sit down and look at it. Can we share this load more evenly? I know right now that I've got three things that if you could take them, it would mean the world to me. And when you're done with those three, I have a lot more that I can share that would help me. So you know, let's start with these three if you're comfortable and let's go from there. And it doesn't have to be, you know, oh, we have to have a talk. It doesn't have to be anything big. It just is stating needs as facts without the backstory of, I wish I could, but I didn't sleep good. And I'm just so busy and work is overwhelming. And like, let go of all that. You're a human being. You just get to say what you need. You don't have to validate it or prove why. It just is. And the people that care about you, they should just show up and say, oh, yeah, yes, I can. And if you're both drowning, which happens, and you realize that neither of you have the capacity and neither of you want to let go of the unachievable list that you have, then that's the problem. You know, you, something has to go and you just have to decide what's the easiest to let go of not necessarily what's the biggest thing on the list that would make the most room. Does that part make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it does. I'm, I was thinking about, um, just like Christmas morning, you know, with the roles, you're Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus, you're the elves, <laughs> you're the reindeer. We talk about how Santa has helpers and sometimes we help yes. facilitate Santa's execution of everything because it's very difficult. Absolutely. And we want to help Santa. We like helping Santa out in our house. Mm -hmm. You know, we mm -hmm. help Santa just same way that we help, you know, facilitate with the, bu with the bunny, with the Easter bunny and things like that. We help facilitate. We help Santa. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's so many different roles that we all take on. And I really love going into a conversation. I think sometimes when we go to our partner, if we feel like it's inequitable for the division of all the different things that are going on, all of the things that you're sharing are things that are supposed to be mutual, you know, like, but we've been conditioned to take them on all on our own. And so I think like just being able to say like, oh, here are some of the things and without like you're saying, having it be a big conversation of I need you to do more of this. You're not doing enough like that just creates like a very combative, defensive 
right off the bat kind of conversation. But to say we have a lot coming up, us as a family, we have a lot coming up. We have this coming up at your parents' house, this coming up at at our friend's house. We have a couple birthday parties that are coming up. Here are the things that I have thought about that need to get done. Have you, What things do you think about that maybe I haven't thought about that can come on? And then it becomes more collaborative. And then you can come up and say, all right, what can you do? What can I do? What, what can we, how can we divide this up a little bit? I think is really helpful. And I think even too, like, even if you're working, I think this goes into like even work, right? A lot of times, sometimes there's projects that we want to push out at the end of the year. Dane and I are a really great example of this right now. And we're trying to push something out that's new for us that we're really excited about. And I've had to have conversations with Dana and say, oh my God, I have too many things. Like I can't. And Dana's like, okay, what can we do to like make this a little bit easier for you as your teammate in our partnership together, working together? And so I think it goes beyond like, I talk a lot about family because that's my main thing that like feels like a lot, but it goes for anybody. You know, if you have a parent who you're hosting, you know, the holidays for, or you're supposed to bring the magic to them because they're an ailing sick parent and you're taking care of your parents or your grandparents now and that's your responsibility you're caring a lot and so there are places and things that you can ask for support with do we have to make everything from scratch or maybe this year is the year that we order thanksgiving dinner to be delivered to us instead you know and i think sometimes like it's hard to do those things because we feel like we need to to do all of the things but i really appreciate what you're saying about kind of taking that step back and having those types of conversations with people who are on your team and that you can talk to about it. And so you can make it a little bit easier. Or like you're saying, like the math's not mathing now and we both have way too many things going on and there's no way we're going to be able to get all this done. So you know what? Something's going to fall to the wayside. What are we both willing to let go of then? Because if no one can pony up the time, the time to do it and it's not gonna happen so you know because you know we need sleep and you know that's the way it goes right and if you're not sure like where those disproportionate loads are your body will tell you and communicate it as resentment you'll start to feel a little bitter you start to look at them a little sideways start to feel a little edgy a little tight inside you know And that's the sign that hmm, maybe we should, maybe I should look at this and, you know, delegate, remove, something needs to change for sure. I always appreciate our episodes and the way that you frame things because it always feels like there are certain takeaways and just parts of the conversation that are very actionable but not in like a I now have a hundred things to add to my to-do list kind of Mm -hmm. way and it's also kind of like a hug of like it's gonna be okay (laughs) like (laughs) we know that this shit is hard right now (laughs) and it will also be okay and here's how you can protect your space here's how you can get more in touch with you know your body wisdom and what's interesting about that is I feel like getting back in touch with body wisdom and learning to read trust your body and your nervous system and you know all of these different things are a very like large overarching theme of a lot of the different things that we talk about on our podcast Um, and I love reframing that in a way specifically about burnout and the holidays and we just wanted to thank you for coming on because we obviously love talking to you otherwise we wouldn't continuously invite you back on (laughs) 
I am so happy to be here. And yeah, I think for so many people, just having a conversation with your body is so new. It needs to be repeated. And we're really, really good at mental conversations and telling ourselves things, you know, but not necessarily just listening. And so, you know, if you're still like, what are they talking about these sensations in the body? It's just listening and even just asking the question, how am I feeling? What do I need? And those two things can get you out of burnout and can get you out of a feeling of overwhelm. If you just start with those, you know, those would be some really good action plans. And something else can be as you move through the next couple of months to give yourself, you know, like keeping plans loose that if, if it really is about commitments are burdening your calendar, aside from all of the to-do items that are burdening your calendar um, and taking your time and energy, those commitments you can leave open. If I can, I'm certainly going to make it, but I'm not confident that I'm going to be able to. I'll let you know by X date, you know, mm -hmm. um, and how, how that can help. And then initiating conversations with people in your life to let them know about those messages your body's giving you, or just that you need to share the load in some way without trying to verify why. And really seeking more joy in your holiday, in all the things that you do every day, not just the holiday, but just asking, why am I doing this? And is it really fulfilling and satisfying for me? I think those would be huge, huge changes for listeners to implement. Yeah, thank you so much, Crystal. Yay. I feel like I got some therapy. So I don't know if else <laughs> feels that way, but I'm really glad you guys listened to me unloading all of my nonsense and if hopefully people relate. <laughs> it's all relatable. It's all it's all a cultural experience that we're having and we're trying to unravel and we're in the middle of it, which is really exciting of, you know, the hashtag future is female. I totally believe that. And I think that it is, you know, the culture makers, the three of us and, you know, are great examples of learning and then walking the talk and teaching others about it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Hey friends, it's Dana. And thanks so much for listening to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast today. Find us on social media at Wholehearted Eating Pod on Instagram and at wholeheartedeating.com for more information about working with Dana and Christina for one-on-one -on -one nutrition counseling. If you love the show, we would love you forever if you'd share an episode with your family and friends or tag us on social media or leave a five-star rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts to help more people find the show. Check out patreon.com slash wholeheartedeating to help support the show and get access to ad-free episodes, bonus episodes with us and our guests, episode discussions, new resources we're creating for Patreon, and so much more. If you have questions for us, feedback on the show, potential topics or guests you'd love to have on, shoot us an email at hello at wholeheartedeating.com and we'll see you next week.